0: Well, well, welcome back to your Friday. We're uh, we're here for you as well. Disability Law Show, John Scholes, and always, Savant Tamarkin is here. Sam Fierro, Tamarkin LLP. Reach out anytime to Savant's team. I know sometimes you're thinking, yeah, I'd love the show and I'd listen, but I want to call and have a more of a private, lengthy conversation on my own time. That is totally available to you, one 821 5900 email address help at disability and this website which is uh, fairly newly minted and it's uh, there to again educate you and make you smarter free anonymous of course called pocket disability lawyer ca. we got a lot of emails and other stuff to get through over the course of this half hour Savannah, but I know you want to uh, kind of kick things off with uh, what I just mentioned that new website you guys released tell me about it
1: Hey, John, uh, great to be here with you and our listeners. Yeah, so this is a, uh, an on-site, sorry, on-site, a website that we had created, uh, uh, I think, what, about a month ago, month and a half ago or so, and we've been talking about this for a while. And it is a website that is geared towards people who are having difficulty with their long-term disability insurance companies, long-term disability or short-term disability. And it's called pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca. Now, here's the thing, John. You know as well as I do, most people out there, when they have a legal issue... They know they can call a lawyer, but most people don't want to. They Google the information, right? They Google their questions, just like we do when there is a medical issue. We shouldn't, but we still do it. And so what we decided to do is create this website, uh, pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca, that essentially allows you to get the information you need about your specific situation, your specific case, to understand whether or not you have a case or not against the insurance company. And it's very similar, in a way, to the... Uh, um, um, employment, p- pocket employment lawyer, right? Yeah. That my partner, Lior had created, right? That we've mm-hmm. been talking about for years now, where we've had, I think, what? Thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people millions using actually across the country. Yeah. Millions, okay, there yeah. you go. Tons of people. Yeah. Same thing with this. Pocket Disability Lawyer is a website that is free. It's anonymous. You can go on it. And within 20, 30 seconds of inputting a few key pieces of information about your situation, you can get a customized answer to your question. Did my insurance company properly deny my claim, or is what they're asking me to do appropriate or legal, et cetera, et cetera? It's essentially almost like an AI kind of uh, yeah. a, a tool that allows you to get these answers. Now at the end of that, once you get those answers, if you still want to speak with me or a member of my team, right, to one of the lawyers on my team for free, you can still do so. You can click the button that says contact us. We get the information, and then we, co- we contact you and we talk about your case. But if you don't want to speak with any one of us and, you know, you just want to go on your merry way, you can just close the browser down and that's it. But that website uh, does something that I have not seen any other website do before, which is give you an accurate assessment, a quick and accurate and anonymous assessment as to whether or not you have a case against your insurance company when it comes to your short-term or long-term disability claim. John, I can tell you right now, I've gotten tremendous feedback, positive feedback from individuals out there who've tried this, who've said to me, thank God that you created this. It really is helpful. But again, you don't have to use it. You can give us a call. You can email us. No problem. But if you don't want to contact a lawyer and you simply want to get some answers right now, quickly and for free, go to pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca.
0: And again, as we mentioned at the top, you can always follow that up with a uh, phone call. Always welcome to do so. That's toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. I know you got another email just dropped in your inbox. You want to get to that first? So this one actually comes from,
1: uh, from Michelle. Now, this person writes as follows. Uh, writes that, <clears throat> I-, I had a, a head-on collision in Ontario back in October of 2019. So we're talking about about four years ago or so. Uh, and this person says, I have a lawyer in Ontario, but it doesn't seem like he's really working for me. I feel that I'm being sold out. I have very little communication with him or his team about anything to do with my case. The collision was with an elderly lady who had no headlights on, and she was driving on the wrong side of the road. I suffered a concussion, a shoulder injury, I hurt my back. It's been very hard to get treatments that I've been trying to do on my own. I keep getting blamed for not doing enough by my lawyer. Uh, And then this person says, please email or call me to see if there's anything that you can do to help me. So, John, this is, I mean, it breaks my heart when I hear this, because it's not the first time that people contact me because of this show, because of all the shows that we do on TV and on radio. When we are explaining to people what their rights are because they've been injured in an accident or they've been denied disability, you know, and people go out there and they hire lawyers and there are very good lawyers out there. Don't get me wrong. We're not the only lawyers who know what we're doing when it comes to disability and injury law. But if you hire the wrong lawyer, if that lawyer that you hired is not fighting on your behalf, on your family's behalf, if they're not answering your phone calls, if you're not answering their emails, you know, the reality is you're going to feel like you're being abandoned. You're going to feel like there is really no one advocating for you. And that's just not right. And and here's the problem. If you're feeling that way, I can almost guarantee you that the insurance company on the other side, who is the one who's supposed to be opening up their checkbook at the end of the day to pay you, they're probably sensing that tension as well, right? I can tell you that when I used to work on the defense side many, many years ago, when I used to work for insurance companies, I would know, we would know who are the lawyers, who are the law firms that would be the strongest advocates for yeah. injured individuals. And what that meant was that my clients, back then the insurance companies, would have to pay a lot more money, generally speaking, to those lawyers and law firms whom we knew were doing everything in their power to get the maximum compensation for their clients. So if... if I'm the insurance company on the other side of this file with this individual who just emailed me, and I see that there is a lawyer there who's simply not working hard, who's not being responsive, who's not doing everything they need to do, I'm probably going to, as an insurance company, think to myself, I'm going to have to pay this injured person a lot less than I would otherwise have to pay if that lawyer was a lot more assertive, aggressive, you know, really kind of commanding attention and respect. Now, we're talking about severe injuries here, right? A concussion. This person mentions a concussion. A concussion is a brain injury. If you were to Google the word concussion, you'll see it's a brain injury. Now, many concussions heal. People heal from but many, many concussions do not. Uh, it, this person here also hurt their shoulder. They hurt their back. If this person suffered chronic injuries or injuries that have become chronic and are now having difficulty with daily activities, with work, with anything that allows them to function throughout the day, well, then the damages here could be significant. The compensation this person is owed could be significant. This accident happened almost four years ago. I mean, think about this. I have no idea what's been happening on this case, but I can tell you, again, from experience, having taken over files from other lawyers, when people have you know, voiced frustrations with their, with their lawyers, having been on the other side, having worked for insurance companies years and years ago, there are many lawyers out there who, once they sign you up, will simply shelf uh, your claim. They will not do anything for a year, for two years. They won't do anything. And, and it's your life, right? That's, it's the money that's owed to you. And yet these lawyers oftentimes just forget about that or just move at the snail space. Meanwhile, you are suffering. You don't have any money coming in or your ability to function has been severely impaired. So my point is, I, you know, I've reached out to this person. In fact, I'm going to reach out to this person. Sorry, I haven't yet. But I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm going to see if I can talk to them, to their family. I'm going to understand, try to understand a bit more about what's happened in this case. I'm very careful, I'm very loath to take on cases that have been handled by other lawyers. I can tell you that I've done that before, and many times when I've done that, i found many mistakes. Some of these lawyers don't know what they're doing, some of these lawyers practice in dis- different areas of law. And, and this is not like the old days. It's like medicine, right? You, you can't have a heart specialist starting to work on your liver, right? I mean, or, or a liver specialist working on your heart, an orthopedic surgeon working, you know, on your throat. It, it, these are different specialties nowadays. Just like you have specialties in medicine, same thing with law. You have specialists in law or people who have expertise in law. Our expertise, what I do for a living is I work with personal injury and disability insurance. Other lawyers in my firm work in employment law, as you know, and many people here know. Well, if you go with a lawyer who says that they do family law or or real estate law, and then they say, oh, by the way, I can also do your injury claim, to me, that's a red flag because there's no way that they can be experts in all those fields. It's just too complicated. Law is too complicated nowadays. So, John, this is just one of those examples. I read you the email, but the reality is there are many people like that who contact me on a weekly basis after hearing us on the show and it just, it breaks my heart that they're with certain lawyers that they've put their trust in and those lawyers are now essentially abandoning them.
0: It's, you know, it's it's really not that difficult to find you guys. I mean, obviously, you're all over TV and radio here in Canada. But, I mean, a simple Google search. I mean, you guys have always got the top reviews on Google. And, you know, that's all it takes if you're looking for someone to help you or your family. Savannah, and the guys are right there. They're really – they're standing right in front of you. That's the only place you got to go. Just read the reviews and uh, and reach out for sure. We've got a lot of emails to get through. Want to take a short break? Get right back into it. So we'll do that. In the meantime, again, that, uh, that website that is uh, reasonably new but super handy and free and and anonymous as well. Pocket disability lawyer. or follow up with a phone call. Right, toll free one eight five five eight two one. Fifty nine hundred. We continue with the disability law show. Hang on, and we are back. Disability law show. Savannah Markin here for the remainder of course every week on a uh, on a Friday. Feel free to reach out afterwards. though, toll free 1-855-821-5900. That number is always available to you. Website or at least email help at disabilityrights.ca, and you can also use the uh, website for reference. You're going to learn a lot too. It's fairly new, so chances are you haven't been there yet. But start that today, and have a look at Pocket disabilitylawyer.ca before you reach out with the phone call just go there on your own quietly it's anonymous and you'll learn a ton as well okay Jeanette want to get into this eh? a motor vehicle accident email we kind of touched on this last week's event but we didn't get to uh expand on it greatly so let's do that just uh, just to um go back over Jeanette says guys got into an accident last week where my car was hit from behind pushed into another car not only do I now have severe back pain from a bulging disc shoulder and neck pain that is constant I can't sleep properly and the insurer is saying because I hit uh hit, uh, hit in the front of the vehicle I'm at fault for half the accident don't get any compensation I tried explaining I was pushed into the vehicle they're not listening To make all this worse, I haven't been able to go to work in my part-time job and haven't been able to do any of the heavy housework at home, so my husband has to do it after he comes home from work. It's been this way since the accident, and my doctors think I might not be able to do the things I used to do around the house any longer. I'm scared and don't know what to do or if I can do anything. Do you guys have any suggestions? Wow, brutal.
1: Yeah, for sure, Janet. it is brutal, John. And let me start off with the first part, which is fault and liability. Uh, I was actually just talking to uh, uh, to a couple earlier this week uh, who had an accident where he was making a left-hand turn and then there was a car coming the other uh, direction uh, on the intersection, a Maserati actually, that was speeding and they collided. And there's a whole bunch of people that went to the hospital because of this. And you know, one of the concerns he has is who's at fault. And I was explaining to him, the way that I would explain here to Jeanette, is that it is not necessarily a black and white case. So if the insurance company is saying to you that you were hit from behind you got pushed into the car in front of you and because you hit the car in front of you you are now at fault for half the accident that is a blanket statement that is simply not true i'm not saying that at the end of the day it may not be the case that liability or fault is split 50 50 i'm just saying that to make a blanket statement that because you were pushed into the car in front of you you or automatically half at fault is wrong we all know that there's a certain amount of distance you have to keep between yourself and the car in front of you when you drive and also when you're at a stop. If Jeanette actually kept sufficient distance, whatever that distance is, uh, but she was hit so hard from the back, you know, that she was jolted and then she was pushed in, in, in you know, to, to the car in front of her. Then it's not her fault. What, what was she supposed to do? You know, you're not supposed to keep a hundred meters from the car in front of you, right? There is a reasonableness standard here. If she kept a centimeter between her car and the car in front of her and she was pushed in, I can see an argument that she didn't keep yeah. enough distance. But if it was, I don't know, a car's length, two cars' length, whatever it is supposed to be, then why would she be at fault? So I take issue with what the insurance company said here. And by the way, I take issue with many things insurance companies say because I find most of the time, at least in my experience, they're not giving the correct information. It's not about a blanket statement. It's about the facts of each individual case. So Jeanette, the way to look at fault when you're dealing with a rear-end collision, especially when you have a multi-car collision, is all the facts. So the fact that you were hit from behind, there is no question in my mind that that person would be found to be at fault because they hit you from behind. Presumably, they were not pushed into you. okay? But the fact that you hit the car in front of you, it does not automatically import fault onto you. Okay? We have to understand a bit more about what happened. So that's it about that, John. It could be that Jeanette is going to be 0% at fault. It could be that she's 10%. It could be that she's 50 I don't know. All I'm saying is that it's not automatic that if you get pushed into a car in front of you, that suddenly you are 100% at fault or 50% at fault, etc. It's all about the specific uh, uh, facts of each case. Let's talk about the damages here. The insurance company said to her, because they deem to her, they deem her to be half at fault for the accident, which we talked about that, I don't agree with. She doesn't get any compensation. That is 100% wrong, I can tell you right now. And think about this even from a common sense standpoint. Uh, the example I gave you with a guy who made a left-hand turn and the Maserati that came right across, right? If If one of the parties there is injured. And let's say their injuries are worth $100,000. And let's say that fault is split 50-50 between the two of them. One was going too fast, one was making an improper left turn. As an example, wouldn't stand to reason then that if the one person is injured and their damages are worth 100000 that you basically take 100000 and you lump off 50%, right? Because that person who suffered those injuries is 50% at fault for right. the accident. So that case is worth $50,000, right? Simple math. Same idea here. If Jeanette, even if she is 50% at fault, even if she is, how could she not be entitled to any damages here if in fact she's injured, which I believe she is? She cannot work. Her husband now has to do a lot more around the house. There's other impairments that she's experiencing. So there's no question in my mind that she's going to be entitled to damages here. It's a question of the quantum, the amounts. Let's talk about that for a second. How do we assess Damages in a personal injury case, whether it's a car accident or a slip and fall or any other kind of injury in Ontario. We look at different categories. We look at pain and suffering. We look at income loss. By the way, income loss has its own subset of categories because you can have an income loss claim where the person is not working or is now working less or mm-hmm. that person was up for promotion and now lost that promotion to someone else because they weren't as competitive in the workforce. Or maybe you have a student. Let's say I'm finishing, I don't know, uh, a a course in college to be an electrician. I was supposed to, you know, be doing uh, whatever I was supposed to be doing to get my license. And now I was not able to do it because of my injuries. I don't have an income loss per se, but I have a loss of future income because now that income that I was anticipating to get, I'm not going to get. So there's a lot of subcategories that we can advance. Again, you need a lawyer that understands all those things, and we need to hire the right experts to quantify these amounts. So we talked about pain and suffering, we talked about income loss. What about the husband, or maybe even the kids here? Well, keep in mind that under Section 61 of the Family Law Act in Ontario, Family members are entitled to compensation for a family member's injuries. So the fact that Jeanette's husband doesn't have the wife now that he had before the accident, right, because she's injured to this level, the fact that he now has to do more around the house, that's great. I mean, it's by necessity, obviously. I don't mean great as in it's a good thing. I mean that the fact that he's doing that means that it's compensable. It means that the insurance company for the driver that's responsible for the accident, the one who hit her from behind, is going to have to pay for that, not only for her pain and suffering, not only for her income loss, but also for his pain and suffering, for the fact that now his wife is injured. Maybe also for the fact that now he has to spend time around the house that otherwise he didn't have to to do certain work, which before he did not have to do. Again, some people out there, John, will say, well, but this is what a spouse does. You're supposed to take care of your spouse if there is an injury. I'm not disputing that, of course. If my wife, God forbid, was injured in a bad way like this, of course I would do a lot more. I, w- I would take care of the house a lot more. I would do a lot of the things that she's doing. What I'm saying is that by virtue of someone being negligence, uh, negligent and having caused this, that person's insurance company now has an obligation to compensate that husband, Jeanette's husband for the pain and suffering that he now experiences, for all the work that he now has to do. Now, what about treatments, John? The fact that she now may need treatments, right? That may be covered, in fact, will be covered by her own insurance company, her automobile insurance company, through accident benefits. Remember, we talked about that. She's Mm -hmm. entitled to medical and rehabilitation benefits. Depending on her injuries, it can be anywhere from $3,500 up to $65,000, or in the case of a catastrophic claim, which I don't think Jeanette is in but in a catastrophic claim it's a million dollars but above and beyond that what if you need treatments that exceed that and i've had clients who've been severely injured who've completely blown through these uh limits that your own insurance company pays you well who's gonna pay for the excess not ohip it's going, to be, it's going to have to be the insurance company of whoever caused the accident. And so there's all these claims, and I'm just literally just scratching the surface, John. The reality is, Jeanette, that you have a, a significant claim here. Uh, don't take advice from the insurance company as to what your rights are. This is where we come in. I come in. My team comes in. Uh, and you know I'm going to connect with you, uh, and I'm going to speak with you and your family. I'm going to provide you with all the options. I'm going to explain to you the process. And John, the the important thing is that people need to understand you need the right advice at the right time. If you wait too long, or if you go to the wrong lawyer or the wrong law firm, or if you go on Dr. Google, I call that, and get information (laughs) which is inaccurate and make your decisions based on inaccurate and false information, you're potentially going to prejudice yourself and maybe close off doors for compensation, which otherwise would not have been that difficult to get. So again, it doesn't cost anything to speak to me, to any member of my team. I keep saying that. You don't have to go to us. You don't have to call us. The fact that we're on the radio and on TV, that's great. We're giving out information. I would love to speak with people out there like Jeanette and help them. But I'm not saying you have to. All I'm saying is that to the extent that you're going to someone in my industry, a lawyer that deals with injuries, with serious injuries, you want to make sure that you go to the right person or the right people. Because if you don't, trust me when I tell you, you're going to pay for it. And we started the show, John, with that segment, right? With that individual who who emailed me, who has a four-year-old claim, who wrote to me that he feels like their lawyer has just abandoned them. is not doing anything for them. To me, that is one of the worst things you can have, that you went to someone who could, you know, you, you put your trust in and you hoped w- would help you get the compensation that you and your family deserve, only then to understand years later that that person is either they don't know what they're doing or they don't care or are simply inequipped and just don't have the the know-how and the resources to do what needs to be done to get you the compensation that you deserve. And John, you mentioned our, our reviews. I urge people to go on Google, type in our firm name and then take a look at the reviews that we have. I don't think, I I personally don't know that there is any other law firm in the country, in Canada, that has as many positive reviews as we do. And again, I'm not saying that it's because we're the best lawyers out there. I'm saying it's because we've literally helped thousands of people across the country get the compensation that they deserve.
0: I just don't understand these these lawyers in that in that case we were talking about where there's you know four years later nothing's happening. It's like taking your car to the mechanic and they just leave it out back of the shop for weeks and not fix it and you got to go to work. I, I don't understand why you're there in the first place. This is this is your bread and butter. You should be all over these cases. No, you you know you're right. I I don't I don't understand that either. But let me
1: tell you you know uh, anecdotally again I keep harking back to years and years ago when I was working for insurance companies. I remember some insurance companies back then would try to settle claims and they would tell me they say "Sivan, contact this plaintiff's lawyer, this mm-hmm. claimant's lawyer and offer them 30,000, 100,000, 200,000" and me being a good insurance defense lawyer back then armed with this money, the suitcase of money let's call it that, I would reach out to those lawyers who would be representing these injured people and I would say "I have offers from my clients, from my insurance company clients to pay your clients" X and Y, okay? A lot of money. I'm telling you, John, I can't even describe the astonishment, my astonishment, when even though I would send out these offers, or I would tell these lawyers, let's have a conversation because my client is willing to settle the case, I would not hear from these lawyers from weeks and months, sometimes never. Like I'm telling these people that my client is offering to pay their clients money, a lot of money, and these lawyers are ignoring me. And, and you know, I, I can almost guarantee you that these lawyers have not even taken those offers to their clients, or have not even told their clients. So my point is, if your cli- if your lawyer is ignoring you, chances are he's also he or she is also ignoring the insurance company when the insurance company is trying to settle the case. That's the reality. It's not just you know, it's not not just ignoring you. Why does this happen, John? I don't know. I honestly I know. don't know. As far as I'm concerned, no lawyer that does this should be practicing law.
0: That's across the board, right? Again, uh, appreciate all the emails and stuff we get every week on the show as we uh, just uh, wind down in the amount of time we have here for this show. I want to give you some uh, some contact information again. Uh, that phone number, use it. Really use it. It's absolutely toll-free. It just, it's a simple chat with uh, Savannah, a member of his team for sure. Toll-free, 1-855-821-5900. You can always use the website that's been around for some time. It's handy, disabilityrights.ca. Email help at disabilityrights.ca. And we open up the show with talking about this one. If if you've not been there yet, again, uh, go there and check it out. Spend some time. will cost you nothing. Of course, pocketdisabilitylawyer.ca. And as we uh, we told you as well, always check those Google reviews. Send you to it right up there at the top. Trusted, and there's a reason for it across the country. So there you go. Lots of contact information. We come back here again next Friday and do it all over again. Thank you so much for listening to the Disability Law Show.